Hello again, Cameron. <laughs> Hello there, Tyler. That was it. And that was a sweet opening too. I think, I think we're off to an awesome start. I was thinking about today portfolios mm-hmm. and where they are hosted and how you do it. I think that both of us have been going through a bit of transition with this lately. You, I know, are working on your ever forthcoming portfolio site. Yeah. It's taking forever. <laughs> yeah. And then I've been working on, um, well, not a portfolio site, but Anya's blog, which uh, is very image heavy and it's on WordPress. So this was my first experience really diving into a WordPress site. And it had just gotten me thinking about the ways that we represent ourselves online and that for photographers, this is becoming the most important thing you do. And do you, uh, for a lot of people, they may only exist online. Yeah. And it's also, it seems to be one of the hardest choices to make. And whatever you choose, you're probably going to regret it. Yeah. Cause it says so much about you. And in a lot yeah. of ways you, you don't really get to control a lot of what it makes some kind of a statement about your personal tastes. Mm-hmm. And it's only fair to some degree because these days, unless you're paying a designer to create your own site, you're probably using a service and you're just pretty much applying little things to that service that, you know, so a lot of the design tricks are already there. I think that's a great place to start then is the the option of just a self-built site, Yeah, which for a long time was the, that's what everybody did. That's what it meant to build a portfolio site. I know not that long ago, um, talking to friends that were in art school for photography, they were still being taught flash development to build a portfolio site. Yeah. And uh, let's just dismiss this one out of hand. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> because if you're thinking about building your own site, you that is completely fine, but you should understand exactly how to do it mm-hmm. ahead of time. And you should know how to maintain it and how to manage your databases and every single detail about it. And you really need to go into that understanding the amount of work that you're putting on yourself as a professional. Right. Or because if you're, if you're depending on somebody else, the amount of work you're going to put on them and are you going to continue paying them for yeah. the next 10 years, uh, you know, weekly, every time you need to fix every little bug. Which is exactly why it's, it's there's no reason to even really go into that. It's so completely unrealistic, I think. Yeah. When it starts to make sense is people at a really high level that have a budget, you know, maybe you have an agency that that's helping you promotionally. So they're even working with a designer or developer maybe, and they're helping create something custom, but that's not an everybody solution. And I think even a lot of top photographers are using other platforms as well. That's right. I I feel like, you know, I'm I'm actually recognizing the platform that they're on rather than seeing them create their own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In, in most cases, I think that, you know, there are, there are some people that are extraordinary, I guess, and then they have, some pretty awesome thing going on, but I think for most people, it just doesn't make sense. No. And so if you don't already know the things that you gain, once you go to any platform are, it will be a CMS, a content management system. So there's, you know, a database that is storing all of your, it's remembering where all of your files are basically. Right. And what your images are. And it's just a big map of what's happening. And if you are running your own site, you may have to manage all that with a text editor or, you know, basically by hand. And if you are working with a a hosted product, then that means that it just handles all of that for you and you just depend on their interface into it. So this is what, this is what everybody's used to really. Um, Well, what are you, what are you doing? What are you going to be putting 
your site on? What's your platform? Okay, so right now we're actually we're building it on uh, Squarespace. Oh, okay, great. Uh, we we looked through pretty much all of the not all of the options, but we went through quite a lot, and um, Squarespace was the only one that we really felt comfortable in. In, in terms of just making it as simple as possible for us. Mm-hmm. And so the actual building of the website wasn't really what was holding us back. It was more um, some of our personal branding and then uh, actually selecting the images that we were going to use. Well, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that ahead of time, but now I realize the show may turn into a, just a long Squarespace ad <laughs> <laughs> because Squarespace is also what we, what we use for our portfolio site. Yeah. I think that, to be honest with you, most of the time when I see when I see a new portfolio and it's on Squarespace, like I'm almost just immediately like, oh yeah, that looks right. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas uh, if I if I go to somebody's Smug Mug site, I usually kind of shudder a bit and think like, what led you here? <laughs> how how did Smug Mug get so big? I mean, <laughs> years ago it made sense when there were no rules and the internet was the wild west mm-hmm. yeah you know and the, people didn't have design expectations it completely made sense to you need like a big bucket to store all your photos but there has been no progress there it feels like yeah i mean i think there has been but it's it's been so slow and ugly that i don't really think that it's been worth paying attention to yeah and it seems so dense compared to to what the options that we have now with yeah. sites like cargo and, and squarespace i think that Smug mug is is part of what made it popular, at least for me, because like I did have a smug mug about eight years ago or something like that. And the reason I had it was because I needed to have a place where I could sell prints to clients. And so it was just kind of like a, an easy place to put up the photos and then they could just buy them and have, you know, smug mug had a service where they could right. get the prints. And that was it. You know, that was the only reason that I got it. And as soon as I found a different option, I, I jumped ship because I hated it from the moment I started it. Well, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, the landing pages have been redesigned. But last time I looked at the templates, I suspect the templates haven't had a complete overhaul. I'm just now making assumptions. I should probably open one. Recently, I feel like I've seen people's smug mugs recently that then it looked quite a bit different um, than I remember it. So I think that they did do quite a, an upgrade, but I still just, I feel... Well, and that's what I think needs to happen is that they need to, th- for any of these products, and this is what Squarespace has done a few times, is throw everything away and start again. Yeah. I, I mean, they don't have, I'm sure there's still a code base that's the same, but the design feels completely new. The whole approach is different. You have to relearn it. And that can be stressful as a user, but it's completely worth it. Well, I think that there's also something in, in associating yourself with a brand. And if you're going to be on Smug Mug, you're kind of associating yourself with their brand. Well, and Smug Mug, though, is very much, it's still big in the photographer communities, I think, right? Yes. That's where I still see all the links is when I'm in dpreview.com and things like that. And everybody's linking back to their Smug Mug pages. It's yeah. really common there. Absolutely. And I, I mean, no offense to all my friends that have Smug Mugs, because <laughs> I know quite a lot of people that do. And it's not you know, whatever works for you is that's great. That works for you. But for me, a smug mug beyond the way that, that it works, it's the way that it looks it just doesn't really satisfy me. No. Um, me neither. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's not important that the design is, um, 
takes any focus at all. It does not need to be flashy. It doesn't need to have parallax scrolling. Mm-hmm. It's much more about it getting out of the way and not being distractingly bad. That's right. Because we've both been in situations where in, in our day job, we've looked through dozens or hundreds of portfolios for various reasons. And mm-hmm. so many of them, you end up being distracted with terrible templates. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good the photography is. If you've got a really unattractive template, it, you can't help but have it, associating it with, I don't know, it's, it's harder to see the, the great photography under a ugly template. That's right. I kind of think of it the same as what kind of clothes you're wearing, because you can be like a fantastically attractive human being. And if you're wearing really awful clothing, <laughs> it might hide the fact that you are a fantastically good looking human being. Well, which is why uh, celebrities get stylists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of works in, in every facet of life, right? I mean, how you, how you carry yourself and how you wear yourself, that's part of your identity. And so mm-hmm. I, I tend to think that, um, that it, it even is, is ridiculous as it sounds, it actually does apply to which site you're using to host your portfolio. And I think you really nailed it because what it comes down to for me is just how simple is it? How, how much do I have to go through to get to the, to the meat of, of what it is that you're trying to show me? Well, and just as bad as a outdated tacky portfolio site is a too fancy for its own good mm-hmm. portfolio site that you can't navigate. It's just hard to push through the interface to find the photos. Yeah. A common example, just a user interface format that I don't particularly enjoy myself as horizontal scrolling is an example. Mm. It breaks the way that we typically interact with every other page on the internet. And it's actually, to to me, I think that it's only popular with photography portfolios. So somebody's just been browsing the whole internet and become very comfortable with exactly how the internet works. And then all of a sudden they hit your page and it's like, oh, uh, tricked you, go the other direction. (laughs) That's really interesting perspective. I've never thought about it quite like that, but I've often wondered why are people doing this? Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to surprise somebody with your web design, it should be because you're a web designer. Yeah. Good point. If you're a photographer, then you should surprise them with your great photography. Yeah, no doubt. It's maybe just an example that I think of trying to over-design what can be a very simple project. Or what maybe really should be a simple project. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy like a grid of images Mm -hmm. with obvious categorization and then let me jump in, which I guess happens to be what our site looks like. But there's many others that are like this and it's just like, I just want to, I just want to find the content. I just want to see your best stuff. Absolutely. You know, what I, I think is really interesting is that, um, you know, and I've only recently noticed this while I'm without a website, which has been a pretty awkward position for me to be in as a, mm-hmm. um, as a busy, uh, local freelance photographer, Especially starting a podcast when we're trying to make mention of your website. I know, it's ridiculous. It's like, wow, this timing is awesome, isn't it? (laughs) Um, But one thing that I've been noticing a lot lately that has been kind of striking, if not alarming, is that a lot of people actually don't have portfolio sites and they're relying on things like Tumblr or just Flickr, something really simple. And these are some people, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not people that are great. You know, like we, like we said, in our day jobs, we, we look at quite a lot of Um, portfolio pages. Um, And so a lot of these I'm finding are just like the Flickr or the Tumblr or something like that. That's not something they have to pay for. Yeah, It's not something that they're really worried about making a statement. 
uh, it, it appears to me that a lot of people don't need them depending on how they want to focus their career in photography. Yeah, definitely. Well, and there's like, there's give and take with being on those platforms too, because they can also help boost you up because you're part of a community that's right there and they can interact really easily with everything that you post. They can re like in the case of Tumblr, they can repost it. They can like it, they can comment and they already have an account there right. and it interacts with their account. Well, and that's, that is an upside to it. And it's the same with uh, 500 PX and Flickr or even Facebook. Uh, I've seen, I've seen people just linking to their Facebook as a portfolio, but the downside is that you are very much locked into an ecosystem and you don't really own your website. Right. And you're at the mercy of where they decide to take it. Yeah. And I'm uh, downside. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to, to think of it in terms of that, in those terms, because it seems like it's, you're kind of either you're, you're riding a wave, right? And once that wave crashes, then you just jump off and jump onto a new thing. <laughs> right. Well, uh, maybe looking at videos and easy, it's a very clear example. There's YouTube, which is one of the biggest communities on the internet, massive, massive social network. And then there's Vimeo, which is a little more beautiful as a website yeah. and a much smaller community, but a great community, but you won't, you won't, there aren't Vimeo stars in the same way that there yeah. are YouTube stars. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so yeah, being on YouTube and only being on YouTube, you can create a whole career around it because of the power of the social network, mm -hmm. whereas it would be very different to be a video creator and try to say host everything independently or host everything on Vimeo and direct people to embeds of that on your own website. Right. I don't know, maybe I'm stretching that in a way that doesn't make sense for photographers, but if you don't, if you don't have control over it, someday the tide's going to turn and you're going to be stuck or you're going to be on like the dead platform. Yeah. And there is one photographer that I know that's, um, is huge on Tumblr. It's uh, Tommy Ton. He does street style photography and he's, that's like where his biggest success is. If you Google him, um, and he, he shoots for GQ and stuff, but okay. if you Google him, a lot of his results come up as his Tumblr pages <laughs> and it's like where he's made his mark. And it's really, it's interesting. And I, I'm sure there's other examples that just, that came to mind. It's interesting. Well, you know, and going back to, to where I was saying that, you know, I, I, I have to, it's part of my job to look at a lot of, a lot of uh, portfolios. It's kind of an amazing to see how many people will post their, you know, their Visco grid or their, you know, their Tumblr. Oh, yeah. What do you think of a Visco grid? That's a good one. Uh, I is, think is, it, is that, a, is a VSCO site enough for you? No, I love looking at it, <laughs> but I mean, I think for me, I, I just, I don't know. I think that my identity is just a little bit more mine and that's just how I look at it. You know, like I, I definitely don't look at people who use the VSEO grid as, as a negative thing. I think it's awesome. I think it's a, a great platform. Are you active on yours? No, Do you? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I think it was, if you got in at the right time and you built up an audience, it's probably really great. But I feel like at this point, if I jumped on, I'm just, a, I'm on a bandwagon and I'm too late to the show. Right. And it just seems kind of ridiculous for me at this stage. I throw things in there, uh, but just because I don't know, I, I like to use everything, even if it's not helping me in any way. Yeah, sure. Um, I really poke around at absolutely all of the services that I can find time to. I think you just hinted to the bigger problem for me. It's just time. 
Right. You know, it's, it's a matter of like, well, you know, I've got these 50 things going on right now. So do I really need a 51st thing? Well, and I think that that time thing is the same pressure that would put a lot of people only on VSCO or on 500px or Flickr. That's right. Is they don't want to spend the time working on their own platform or, or, or building up their own brand because they can just go find an existing brand that looks great and can represent them. Right. Or even a stock site. For instance, lately, because I haven't had anything else going on, I've just been giving people my Stocksy business card, which links to my portfolio. And that's where you can see my work. Actually, that's another interesting side of it. Mm -hmm. The stock portfolio as website. Well, I don't think until websites like Stocksy and Offset came around, I don't think that 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 was really a viable option. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that at least I can, I can talk about this from my personal perspective and that, or experience, I should say. And I, when I was submitting to iStock only as an exclusive, like I was uploading anything that they would accept. I wasn't really thinking <laughs> right. about like how my portfolio, how does this represent me? Right. Cause it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ever considering like, oh, well, you know, somebody that might hire me is going to go and look at this, mm-hmm. you know, cause I had a portfolio site. And I had business cards that led to that, you know what I mean? And I would talk about that and I would never really bring up like, oh yeah, you can find me on iStock Photo. Mm -hmm. You know, the only way that I ever did that was through my existing means. So, you know, but now with a site like Stocksy or Offset, you know, I feel like the platform is so nice that it actually, it's it's a viable option. It looks great. There's a way to be uh, contacted. Yeah, I think our Stocksy portfolio is probably the best it is kind of the best place to see our work, even though we have a site that we've worked hard on. It's got a lot less photos <laughs> and see, and gets less time investment because I find this for everybody that it's so easy to let those things just slide oh, and yeah. focus on client work, focus on paying the bills. And then, you know, I'll, I'll deal with my brand later. Yeah. Which is, uh, that's, it's really difficult because it's like you said, it's so easy to let it go that in most cases, unless you're extremely organized, you're going to let it go. And that's, that's, that was what happened with my previous site. And it got so bad that, um, people would say like, they call me looking for work or looking to hire me. Mm-hmm. And they'd mention like, oh, you know, I really loved, you know, your website. And I'd go, yeah, oh yeah, I wonder what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I'd go look and I'd be like, yeah. oh no. Well, that's an advantage of using some of these other platforms too. I think when it's attached to a community, people get a little more addicted to uploading. Oh, of course they do. I mean, actually, even my Instagram's probably a more interesting representation just because it's current and it gets posted to all the time. Yeah, because there's a there's a uh, a gratification there that that's happening. There's a there's a feedback that you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the the ugly side of a portfolio site is that it just feels like a, a storefront. You're a little alone in your little shop. Mm-hmm. And you're not getting comments and likes and stuff. And you know, I don't think that, that that was really something that, that we expected with social media mm-hmm. as it became like a big thing is like how much that influenced everything that we just did. how addicted to likes we would become. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you yeah, know, like they would drive every decision we made. I've heard, I've heard so many photographers say that the likes don't matter. <laughs> and then I always think like, man, you must not sleep at night. <laughs> you know, that must keep you up at night thinking about whether or not people don't like your work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because we're, you know, ego is what it is. You know what I mean? Everybody has one. You can be in better control of it, but let's be honest. You want people to like what you do. And I think that for me anyway, growing up very much online made me participate in a local community a lot less. Mm. I always let the online gratification be a bit more of just validating that I'm, I'm a real photographer because people notice me on the internet. Whereas uh, just a generation, a little bit before it was much more important to have gallery showings Mm. or be shooting for the local magazines and local, uh, you know, places that your peers are going to see you. Um, That's how you spread or, well, I mean, maybe you're not shooting for magazines. Maybe you're just, um, I don't know how else to, how did people spread the word? If, if you were running a portrait studio, it was just word of mouth, I suppose. Right. Yeah. In the nineties, early nineties. God. And advertising. Yeah. See, I wasn't trying to make any money at this, at that point. I was just, I, I, I'm so internet age that I have no idea. Well, yeah, we were all, you know, just learning and coming up through the ranks as well. So how they do it, I don't know. But even the, I've thought about this, the experience of finding Finding a wedding photographer, you look at brides now and they're just obsessing over dozens of websites and looking at every photo that each photographer has ever shot at any wedding <laughs> to decide who they're going to use. And back in the day, you would have opened the yellow pages. Right. Right. And that's, that's, oh my gosh. So that's why you know, I, I feel bad for wedding photographers. Mm-hmm. God help you if they find your old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot weddings though, don't you? Uh, only on occasion and by special request. So we don't, we don't need to promote it here on the podcast. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, okay. No. It's not like, it's actually funny because I, I talk a lot of trash about shooting weddings, you know, like I, I make it sound like it's like a punishment of some kind, but yeah. in, in actuality, like every wedding that I've shot, at least in the, in, in recent years has been a blast and I've had a great time and I didn't regret it. You should try shooting with someone. Because I found everything way more enjoyable once I wasn't doing weddings alone. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And it also, I think it, it um, divides that stress between mm-hmm. a couple people. So it's not all on you to get every moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all of a sudden, if you think you might have missed this shot, you're not crying. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's a pretty good chance the other person captured it. Yeah. Um, just to jump back a minute, like we... Mm-hmm. You were talking about kind of having like a community relationship and it, it got me thinking about, about that as well, because like my, I guess, uh, notoriety or whatever the people know about me is almost entirely due to the internet. And, um, on a local level, I don't really go to shows too much. And I, that's, it's kind of regrettable. Like I only go to people that I know and I do know a number of people in town, but I don't, I forget I forget to, to, to like check <laughs> yeah. up on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I fall out of touch and, you know, I'm just, I'm always working and whatever. But um, it's really interesting because a couple of years ago, um, I was really active with ASMP, which is uh, American Society of Media Photographers. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a huge conference that they have every couple of years called Strictly Business. And I met everybody and I, I made friends with most of the leadership and everybody kept asking me, they're just like, so what's your local chapter? And I was just like, oh, well, I'm in uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, they're like, oh, that's a really active chapter. And I was like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, do you know so-and-so and so? And I'm like, no, I've never gone to any of them. 
And they're like, what? Like, they just thought that was the mm-hmm. weirdest thing. And they're like, well, how do you network? And I'm like, well, I, I, sh- I shoot stuff. The internet work. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think there's a really different community. There are some very different communities of photographers out there. I, uh, and I also wanted to just correct something I was in the, well, I guess it was the first podcast I was talking about how there, um, there isn't really any other podcasts out there that I felt like were really professionals talking to other professionals. And I'd forgotten about one called on taking pictures, which is, uh, have you checked it out yet? Probably. No, I, put I think it, I just told you today. Yeah. You just told me and I, I put it on my list. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'll assume at some point you'll have listened to it, yeah. but their, their discussions are much more about, uh, being in a community and assuming that, um, showing in a gallery is something that's important to you. And, uh, the, they're very knowledgeable about photography, but I found I couldn't really relate to their goals. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, the ways of interacting with other photographers, because I don't know you and I, and all the other people that I know through stock, maybe it's a stock photo thing. Maybe that's what breeds this kind of community, but it's all about online. All of my best friend photographers for almost all of them are on the internet. Yep. I know very few people here. I also want to just say for this show, for everybody's future reference, I don't know photographers. (laughs) I'm just, it's not something I've ever been into is tracking famous significant photographers or influential ones or having a huge awareness of like a deep photo history. Yeah. Is that something that's been important to you or? Uh, yeah. It, the history in general of photography has, has been something that I've been very interested in um, ever since I was in school. You know, I, I, I thought it was, there was just a lot to learn and I thought it was fascinating to, to, you know, kind of see how other people's journeys came about. Because you're, you're kind of documenting your life experience being a photographer. And you might be also documenting other people's life's ex- life experiences. Um, and I just, I found it pretty interesting to look back and see, you know, what was going on. But in a uh, current context, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same way as you. Like, I'm impressed by so many photographers, but I'm not following any of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I follow very few. I get into there's, there's about a dozen people that I'm into and I'm always aware of their work and I check up on them sometimes and, and it's almost like that's all I have time for. I don't know. It's not in the same way. I think about bands. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I know a lot more bands than I know photographers, which is funny because, you know, this is my job. Me too. <laughs> mm. It's, it's actually weird because I can get rather encyclopedic about bands and histories about mm-hmm. about modern music but yeah when it comes to photography you know it's it, it gets a, when we're talking about things that are modern it gets a little bit more difficult what i have always been more interested in is the history of cameras actually mm-hmm. of photo of the medium of photography yes um i think i've paid a bit more attention to that or read up on it a little bit more but um but just maybe less so the 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 people well see that's actually a great inroad for you because, you know, if you have a particular interest in a certain type of camera, then it's interesting to kind of do a little bit of research and find out who used it and see and see what kind of results that, that they got with that camera. Mm-hmm. It, it can be a fun little exercise, although it can also wear you out because it's actually quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. But when I find time for it, I'll buy some books. Yeah. I don't think that like historically, I don't think that it, that it mattered like it does to us now. You know, I think that um, these days we're, we're like really gear nerds. Yeah. 
if you will. And uh, I don't think that that was really the case. I, I, there was a lot less to choose from. And the difference between professional and, and amateur or consumer was, was a huge, huge well, difference. And the turnover of gear was so much slower. Mm-hmm. No examples are coming to mind, but I know there's cameras that were sold and in production for more than 10, 15 years. Yep. And that or much more probably the Nikon F3 was in production from 1988 to 2001. That's a long time. But that's not going to happen ever again. <laughs> no. Like a long life cycle now for, for me, I look at the 5D series is what, four or five years? For a series though, not for a, an individual camera. Oh no, I mean per camera. Per camera. There's a new mark every maybe five years. Okay. That's actually, seems like a long time, huh? It does feel like a long time. I know others go faster. I think the, the higher the price point of the camera the slower it is mm-hmm. the, the one series the like the top series for Canon's even slower. So, yeah. And I think it kind of needs to be that way. Yeah. It makes sense. If you're going to invest that much, then I don't want to be excited about a new camera in less than five years. No, <laughs> not what were we talking about before I, I always drift back to gear. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about portfolio sites. <laughs> yeah. But our tangent was actually, I, I think, pretty pretty interesting because we're we're getting down to the personality traits, you know, that might actually inform your decision. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm settling on Squarespace because it fits my overall aesthetic. Yeah, and it's easy. And it's easy, and that's part of my aesthetic. What else did you look at? I looked at Cargo. Was the only other one that I was really interested in. Yeah, Cargo's the other nice looking one to me. Yeah, and it's really simple, and it just lets your work speak for itself. It's not a bunch of other stuff going on. What I was assuming with Cargo while I looked at it was that it's much more, it's just for portfolios. Like you wouldn't, there's less of a blogging platform under it. You couldn't maybe say expand your site quite as much to be a little more multi-purpose. But I found what did attract me to Squarespace is it's very versatile in that you can build a full non-portfolio site as well. So any other ideas that you want to expand on, well, even this podcast is being hosted on Squarespace, for example. But then there's, there's other platforms like that. I mean, WordPress is similar in that you can, can just build a complete fully functional website on WordPress. Yeah. So so that's what I meant to talk about is my experience lately. So I was uh, redoing Anya's blog on WordPress and it was, wasn't that fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait, are you doing this um, on .com or .org? Well, it's, it's on Bluehost, which is the popular uh, WordPress hosting site. And what ends up being stressful about it is that you're interacting with three different companies to get things done. So we're hosting on Bluehost. The platform is WordPress and the domain registrar is something else, which, well, it was through Google, but then I, it turned out to be on like a third party when I actually went to interact with it. So WordPress, you're not paying for. So getting support for it comes down to how well you can navigate forums. But then Bluehost, you're only paying for the hosting platform. So if you want support about WordPress, you're out of luck. And with Squarespace or some of these others, I don't want to just, is this a Squarespace? (laughs) We should stop saying the word Squarespace. But on uh, self-contained platforms, which many of these are, there's also, what was I thinking? I think Cargo does hosting as well. Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to look at this list we wrote. I think Format does as well. Um, Photo Shelters and Folio, SmugMug. You're paying this one company and they're going to fix whatever problem you have. 
So you can just continue working with their staff to get your problem solved instead of being handed off between people that are relatively uninterested. So that's, that's like a WordPress is the most flexible of all these, but that's the big trade-off. Nobody's accountable to you. Yeah. And that's where my brain just shuts off. It was, yeah, it was, it's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't have time and nor do I feel like there's, there's a, a strong enough need for me to, yeah. to deal with that. So I think that if you're a photographer and you're trying to figure out, you know, which direction to go. Well, in this case, in Anya's case, it's a blog. Mm-hmm. So the needs were kind of different, but it's a photo blog. So that almost, that almost does represent a different way of having a portfolio. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe a lot of younger people do this. I see like teenagers that are amazing. And that's, that's more of what a Tumblr or a Visco or, um, one of these just like live posting feeds or Instagram, Mm -hmm. your portfolio becomes the feed of, of your, what you're doing. It's basically just a simple blog of your photography becoming a portfolio. Whereas what we're talking about is you make one little uh, section for headshots and landscapes and, Mm -hmm. eh, you know, yeah, whatever it is that you're, that you're doing that you want to be hired for. Yeah. Which can be a lot easier to remember or harder to remember to maintain. Yeah. And I think that that that's actually probably one of the stronger points, in my opinion, when you're trying to consider whether or not you need to have a portfolio site is whether or not you're getting hired to do something. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, Mm -hmm. otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, why would you pay that expense just to have something that's not really going to get the traffic that you think it is. Yeah, totally. Well, and the most visibility really can come from having a strong Instagram following being the best example. I Absolutely. Think. Or Flickr. Yeah. I think Flickr's, in my opinion, it's, it's a little bit over the hill, but I think that, they're working on it. They're trying to bring it back. Yeah. There's, you know, I, I it's really interesting because I hated Flickr for so long and they did some updates and like in the last couple of years, I, I actually started using it a little bit just to share work that I otherwise no one would ever see. You know, it wasn't anything that I could license or it wasn't uh, client related. It was just odds and ends. And, you know, there's something about the community aspect of Flickr that I think is more appealing than, than just having a website. Yeah. There's definitely another element to it, a different level to it. Yeah. And and, and um, they've done a great job of, of making it interesting for photography nerds, you know, because they, they, keep the metadata in there and you can see what's going on. And that that's interesting to a lot of us. <laughs> are you, are, okay. Are you, you're, you're sitting in front of a computer, right? Of course. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you know, um, format, uh-huh. format, the, one of the options for all these things, which I'm taking another look at. And this actually looks really nice. This looks great. Their templates are great. Uh, okay. Go to format.com slash themes. Okay. Okay. And then go to horizon. Do you mean horizontal? Nope. Uh, hey, there, it's your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's our photos from Victoria. I just discovered this as we were doing this. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? So it looks like Format has licensed, which I, I knew they were licensing with Stocksy, but they've licensed some of our photos. <laughs> That's really so it's cool. nice. So here, here we have a portfolio of our own that are all uh, horizontal scrolling images, just like I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It turned into somewhat of a, a small success story. Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. How fun is hmm. that? Um, format looks great. It, I don't remember looking at this before. It looks really nice. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I know I am. I'm sitting here thinking 
wow, this looks really great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should ditch Squarespace. Well, they obviously are, they obviously go to Stocksy quite a bit. I see another Kevin Russ photo here in the offset theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. These are great. And this is, this speaks to my aesthetic. It's really simple. It lets the photos do the talking and it. All right, Cameron, back to the drawing board. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I haven't, I haven't finished pulling the trigger, so who knows? You know, I feel like with, with my new logo that this is, this would probably look even better on here. Oh no, now I'm in trouble. Uh oh, decisions. Yeah. Well, my wife has been the one that's been doing all the work. So when I, <laughs> when I throw this bone at her, she'll just beat me with it, which is fine. Uh -oh. I'm used to it. <laughs> now I'm looking at cargo a bit. Cargo's kind of crazy. It feels really new. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like it's pushing some boundaries a little bit. Yeah. It's got that kind of like uh, spastic tumbler feel totally that's exactly how i was gonna say it which is cool like i like it and a lot of the a lot of the photographers that are on here are really good i find that actually mm -hmm. that good photographers seem to be attracted to cargo if you browse their favorites section there's a lot of amazing work maybe you need to define good because i feel like yes i agree that like a lot of great photographers are using cargo mm-hmm um, but I feel like there, again, there's a certain aesthetic and it's, it's an aesthetic that I love, you know, I love this look, but it's not mine. Right. You know, it's something that like, in fact, this is just looking at the cargo page. Like this is the kind of stuff that I enjoy looking at, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that I, but you don't make it yourself. No, it's just no. not, it's not the way that I, that I see things. And I think that that's. That's a different conversation, but you know, I think that it's important to, to be honest with, with who you are. I'm noticing a few of these photos I've pinned on Pinterest too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Like, well, no, wait, do you use Pinterest? Oh yeah. Yeah. I really like that when I've, this happens all the time. I pinned some great portrait without looking into it. Cause you just, you know, you just kind of keep posting stuff mm -hmm. without thinking too hard. And then a few weeks later or months later, you come across, you're like, Oh, Hey, there's that there's the guy that created this photo I like or the girl. Well, that's interesting though, because like, I wonder how many people are using Pinterest as a type of portfolio. Uh, we do. Um, in Anya's case, it's the blog stuff. And then I post portfolio things to a board in there. And I've come across photos that I've taken of her that are just out. They just came up in my feed actually, which was interesting. Just seeing them go full circle. Yeah. And it can be really effective for pushing stuff out there. That's it's how I find inspiration. A lot of the time I love flipping through Tumblr or through Pinterest. Sorry. Yeah. And the way that Pinterest works also feels like a, like it, it's, it can be tailored to your personal way of using the internet, you know? Cause like, mm -hmm. uh, for me, I have a couple things on there that are public you know, like occasionally I'll put together a stocksy gallery of stuff that I feel like maybe not be, maybe not be seen as much. And so, and I think it's really neat. It's like this little, uh, weird offshoot of, 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 of photography that's happening on our site and I want people to see it. And so maybe they'll find it there. Um, but for the most part, I use Pinterest to create private galleries to, to kind of put together a thought pattern of what I want to do next. And I, I don't want people to, to, to be able to actually know what I'm going to do. Cause <laughs> yeah. you know, then they're going to be like, Oh, Gotta keep them on their toes. So you don't, they don't see it coming, you know, especially with food because food is such a competitive and repetitive 
subject. So as soon as you do something really cool, everybody sees it and everybody decides like, oh, that's the new thing. Um, and so I feel like, you know, with food, I have to be secretive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plotting your next move. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I never even get there because it's it's so hard to find the materials that I want to use that I see. I'm kind of giving myself away. Well, like I said, I already... <laughs> I already go to Pinterest to find inspiration. So I'm already out there hunting down your ideas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so don't share them too much. Yeah. And I mean, you know, be, before, before I moved in, okay, so I, so, okay, before what, right? I just moved about six, six or seven months ago into a new house. The house I was living in previously had a, a space in the basement that was, um, had high ceilings and, well, not terribly high, but like 10 foot ceilings. And I was able to use it as a photo studio and it was completely, squared off it was a private space and it had a door so nobody would even walk in there unexpectedly so i was doing all kinds of studio work and i was getting really into doing studio portraiture and so um that's what i was doing at the time is is using pinterest to to corral the lighting ideas Uh, because i think that that was really the only thing i could really borrow was lighting ideas because everything else has to has to come from somewhere else yeah well, that's, and that's usually what I'm looking at it too. My, the, the two things that I look for on Pinterest are styling and lighting. Mm-hmm. It's most effective for those things to me. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. I think that it's, it's an amazing tool. I think that it can be used in so many ways and um, equally for good and for evil, but it's, yeah, it's really, really neat. So I guess now we're going to need to start tracking the progress of where you take your portfolio site, you're going to have to give us weekly updates on. I'm sure I will. <laughs> when you move platforms. Yeah. I think that my wife is going to hate me because, <laughs> you know, we did all this work already, but to be honest with you, like I'm really, really digging these format pages. Well, I, I, yeah. If you start a trial account, I'd love to hear about it. Cause I, I want to know, I want to be able to recommend things with uh, real knowledge of what's actually best out there. So, well, and the thing about, you know, why I'm so indecisive, I guess, is because the portfolio set that I had for the previous five years was a ClickBook portfolio. And um, you can do quite a bit of customization on it if you have, if you have the chops. Um, I didn't. So, you know, it was just more of like me relying on whoever I had around that was willing to help me or that I was willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And... So does that mean, are you, are you not endorsing ClickBook then before anybody goes and checks it out or what do you say? No, I mean, I think that for some people it, it's probably really great, but it, what, it is a flash based site. So I think that at this point Ugh. it's, it's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm not endorsing ClickBook and no offense, ClickBook, you know, like you had your day, <laughs> but to be honest with you, I think that, that the site is pretty lame. Um, and the, you know, the, the worst part of it is that like, you know, once you do all the work and you get settled in, you're settled in and you can't, you can't just up and move. And then you're going to forget about it. <sighs> you're going to walk away and start a new project and forget that you have a portfolio site and keep posting to Instagram. Well, you would forget if you didn't get billed. <laughs> <laughs> you get monthly reminders. That's the other part that was really dumb about my experience over there is that like I got billed once a year and so I was never thinking about it and then it would just come in this huge check or this huge bill it was like $600 a year or something like that and it was for what 
the really funny part of this is that when I called them and said, I want to close my account, they said, well, how about we give you this great deal? Something like a 10th of what I had been paying. And I was just like, no, <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> just makes you feel worse about all the other stuff you pay. Yes. I felt yeah. I was angry and you know, I felt like they just weren't doing good business. Mm -hmm. Well, here, one last thing before we wrap up, do you have a print portfolio? Uh, no. Well, have you, I, I, have you ever, I guess I do. I, I have some stuff at, um, society six. I have not really given it any thought. And so like, it's not something that like, but you don't have a book. No. Yeah. No. Okay. I have, I have made, uh, cookbooks. Well, that kind of counts. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you could show that to people. Yeah. It's just not quite, I mean, it's, it's more, it's about the food. It's not, it's about somebody else's recipes. It's not about right. me. Yeah, we do like blurb books for trips or whatever. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I yeah. wanted yeah, to. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, but I, I haven't felt like I had any, you know, because as a stock shooter, I'm, I'm usually doing this and then doing that. I think the trick to those books yeah. is to not think too hard about them. That would be nice. I think it's great to do, um, say, an Instagram import mm -hmm. if you were uploading quite a bit on your last trip and just blast out a really quick little square book that you can stick on your bookshelf. And yeah, and you don't have to spend all this time worrying about how hard you have to work on it. Yeah, that's actually, that's a great idea. I've actually done that during, uh, you know, past holidays, uh, made Instagram books from Blurb uh, for family members. You know, like what's a really great way that we can get a whole bunch of pictures of the kid and send it to people in a way that's really memorable. That's awesome, you know? Well, and it's a lot better than a shoebox full of a hundred photos that yeah, they'll never get looked you know, at. You have to flip through, or you have to hand, pass them around, and they get greasy and whatever. You can just leave it on the bookshelf. Yep. Um. Anyway, that about wraps it up. I think. Okay. Thanks, Cameron. Absolutely, that was an interesting conversation, and I think I uh, I just set myself on a new mission. That's. <laughs> well, I can't wait for the follow up. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, so if you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, you should probably go do that now. And then also leave us a rating because it helps. Yeah. And we're new. We need love. Exactly. And if you haven't already followed Cameron, you should do that at stocksy.com forward slash camrocker or <laughs> well, there's more. Well, you can also follow me on Twitter and that's the same. It's twitter.com forward slash camrocker. Nice. And I'm just following me on Instagram, I guess. That's where I post the most stuff, yeah. which is Stallman. Yep. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. See you later. Thanks. Bye.